Hi, and welcome to the Your Purpose is Calling podcast, conversations with Christians who are finding purpose, redefining work, and changing their world. I'm your host, Dawn Sadler. Have you ever walked through a season when you had so many struggles and challenges going on in your life that you felt like you had to put God's gifting and His calling for your life on hold, maybe even permanently? My guest today, Katie Cole, has. Katie was the executive pastor of a Florida megachurch with more than 20,000 attendees in nine locations when she left to become a life coach. In this episode, Katie talks about how she discovered God's purpose for her life, not in spite of, but because of a series of tragedies that she walked through in a specific season of her life. Katie's story is filled with warmth, wisdom, resilience, and humor. As a life coach, she also offers practical advice about what to do when we feel stuck or as though our dreams have been put on hold. In just a moment, we'll meet Katie, but first, I want to let you know that you can access the show notes for today's episode at dawnsadler.com slash 017. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and leave us a review because this helps us continue to grow a global community of people who are pursuing their God-giving calling in the workplace. The Your Purpose is Calling podcast is brought to you by the Bold Visions Brave Warriors Coaching System, helping Christians create vision, commit to action, and conquer their goals to achieve their God-given calling. You can find out more at boldvisionsbravewarriors.com. I have loved receiving emails from our listeners from around the world about how this podcast is inspiring, encouraging, and equipping them to pursue their own God-given calling. If you have a testimony about something a guest on our show has said that has helped you, or if you just have questions or want to give some feedback on the show, Email me at hello at dawnsadler.com. I'd love to hear from you. And now, let's meet Katie. Hi, Katie. Welcome to the show. Hi, Don. Thanks so much for having me. So I am so excited. I think it's always fun to um, how I know our guests. Some of them are friends and some of them um, I learn about otherwise. But in this case... Two of our former guests, Caroline Williams from episode one and Stephanie Shilo from episode five, kept saying to me, you have got to talk to Katie. And so um, I'm just so excited that it finally worked out and that we're able to have you on the show. Well, I'm thrilled to be here and I love both of those amazing women. So this is fun for me too. That's great. So um, we're gonna we're gonna do a deep dive into your story in just a minute. But you know, we did a pre-interview a week ago, and there's something about your story that I think is so rich and so inspiring. Um, we talk to a lot of people on the podcast and and just in life and in general. And the thing that I often hear is people feel like, you know, one day when all of these obstacles are moved out of the way, I'm going to be able to say yes to what God is calling me to. And I'm going to, it's going to be awesome. And it's going to be all rainbows and unicorns. And, um, and for some people, maybe it does happen that way. But what I love about your story and what I think is so encouraging about it is that 
it is actually the obstacles that you faced in your life that sort of forced you into something that would become your calling. Isn't that right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And probably a little bit more uh, rainstorms and regular horses than rainbows. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Well, I am so excited. We're going to talk more about that. But um, I just want to start with just introducing you to our listeners. So for those who don't already know about you, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. Uh, My name is Katie Cole. I have been a follower of Jesus for over 30 years, a wife for over 20, and a mom for 14. I am the business owner of Katie Cole & Company, and we are a leadership development organization for businesses and churches and individuals. And so we work with companies to work on their organizational structures and systems, and then do leadership coaching, and then also life plan facilitation, primarily for leaders and business owners. That sounds like amazing work that you do, Katie. Tell me a little bit about how you got into that. Oh, sure. Well, I have a very eclectic background. Uh, I started off as a registered nurse from college and worked in the psychiatric department, which has a whole other podcast of stories in and of itself. Uh, But from there, (laughs) I went to work at a college campus where I oversaw the health center and then eventually started working with students in they're in the leadership development program on campus and eventually became dean of student development. And from there, I was recruited to my church, which at the time was about 3,500 people. They had just moved into a big new sanctuary. It was very exciting. I came on staff to work with, uh, with the executive team on sort of Uh, areas of the church that were having challenges, I would kind of jump in and sort of turn the department around or help with some of the big church-wide strategies. Um, But I got to sort of ride the wave of growth there from 3,500 to over 20,000 when I rolled off staff a couple years ago. And it was just an amazing experience to sort of watch that happen. Um, So when I reflect back, the work that I do now feels like it doesn't really match anything. And my mom has probably had ulcers over the years for me jumping careers. <laughs> uh, but when I look back, I see what God was doing because everywhere I went, I was leading, I was developing people around me. And even though it seemed like sideways moves or backwards moves sometimes, the move I think that I was attracted to was a higher level of influence with people. And so I love that. And now in my business, I do that full time. I really love owning my own business too and leading and kind of a very independent way that's new for me. Um, And so it's been a real wonderful surprise during my midlife to be able to express my giftedness and calling in this new way. That's so great. I think um, uh, my husband does similar work in our church to what you did um, when you were working in the church. And I think the thing that people sort of get 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 wrong is it sort of feels like growth church is different than business but taking any organization through such a rapid and massive growth there's a lot more opportunity to help people um, just develop in a church environment versus a business environment do you think that's true oh absolutely and i think in high growth environments it gets tricky right because when you uh, have a one child and you add one, it changes the whole dynamic. You have to lead differently. If you have eight, it changes it even more. And so, but you're still parents of each individual kid. And so when God is blessing you with more people, you're trying to pastor and shepherd the ones who are there, the ones that are coming, everybody's at a different level, the need for systems, organization, quality, trustworthy leaders and shepherds becomes 
um, much higher because of the people and the, the diversity that's coming in, which is so beautiful and godly, but it's very challenging in kind of our human perspective. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so um, we're going to talk a little bit about what precipitated that change um, from going from that role to your own business. But I'm just curious, you know, we talk a lot on this podcast about people who leave um, corporate life or whatever that looks like um, for starting their own business and how different that can be and specifically how different that can be spiritually um, when you don't really have a framework in place and you don't show up with a bunch of people who are there to tell you, you know, kind of where to go or, you know, the crisis of the day sort of dictates what direction that you go in. Um, And then going out on your own is just like a completely different set of skills. And I'm just curious what your experience has been, if you find that to be true as well. Oh, absolutely. I think uh, being a part of a larger team, Uh, particularly having someone lead you consistently, whether that was a great leader or a challenging leader. I think when there's someone over you, there's only so much of the burden you know that you carry. When you go out on your Mm -hmm. own, it's really all on your shoulders. (laughs) And so uh, that dynamic, I think, took me, uh, it's not that I didn't want it or welcome it. It just um, is a different way of going through the day. And I think as anyone who takes a step in leadership, you start to have a greater appreciation for the people who are leading at levels higher than you. Um, So I think that, I think the discipline piece for me is different because I'm a pretty, uh, um, I like systems. I am really great at my calendar. I've been, you know, in the roles that I've had, I've had to manage a lot. And so those pieces weren't the element. I think for me, the working from home and knowing how to, Um, switch gears without a commute, things like that were just new Mm. disciplines I needed to work in so I could still be the wife and the mom and the friend and the, you know, vegging on the couch TV watcher that I want to be. (laughs) You know, I just want to make sure I'm fully present wherever I am and whatever I'm doing. And um, there weren't these natural ways to disengage or reset myself. Um, So I I had to learn some new styles of doing that. What are some ways that you did that? I I changed my clothes. Is that so funny? So like That's so great. I love that. Cuz my my office is it's in its own room so I can kind of close the door to it, but mentally I kind of like I either dress up or I dress down. Whatever I've been in, I kind of switch gears and that helps me just sort of be like the second half of my day, even if it's just for an hour at night. I just like to feel like I had a full life in each day and that I don't know. I'm a visual person so it helps me symbolize that. I love that. I love that. For me, I find that um, switching gears, when I start to cook dinner, that's sort of the 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 point of the day that everything switches. But I know it's different for everybody. And um, I love that. I've actually never heard that before. That's brilliant. <laughs> I like the um, cooking dinner idea. If I cook dinner, that would work brilliantly. <laughs> <laughs> um Okay, good. So you were in this role and then you went out on your own um, and it seems like, oh, it was just cut and dried. It was so easy. It was so black and white. But um, as I talked about earlier, you actually, um, you kind of got a a curveball thrown at you at one point in your life that sort of, you know, led you down a different path. So can you tell us a little bit about about what happened and, and some of the obstacles that you were facing as a result? Yeah, curveball is a great word for that. Um, 14 years ago, my husband uh, was working and had a horrible accident at work. 
and had a major fall, about 25 feet. And that normally kills or disables someone um, or get, puts them in a wheelchair. For him, he, he didn't have those issues, but he did end up with some very severe chronic pain that he's dealt with this whole time. He's got a traumatic brain injury, which changes um, a bit of how, how we function and how he navigates his life. And then the consequence of both of those is very common. He deals with severe depression. And so those three things have really changed the way that we live and operate. I was pregnant at the time, so it also really changed the uh, vision of parenthood that I had for myself and for us as a family. So long story short, um, I uh, Matt was no longer able to work. He had to really stay home full time. He went to some very, very dark, scary places for us as a family. Um, and so uh, it was very touch and go with him for a bit. And so I spent over a decade in what I call crisis mode. I had to go back to work full time. So I was leading in the church, which was very demanding. I had high level roles, which I was so thankful for. Um, but I was, and I was glad to be there. If I was going to have to work somewhere, this is the work I wanted to do. Um, I was leading at right. home. I was a full time caretaker. I was trying to keep a little boy's childhood somewhat joyful and innocent, you know, in the midst of all of this. Uh, plus, we lost Matt's mom to cancer, who we took care of till she died. My dad died tragically. So we had all of these things sort of sprinkled through a decade of time, but they felt very back to back. Um, and I just remember through most of that, um, just feeling the weight of so many things that I didn't feel like should belong to me, but they were mine to pick up. Um, and just trying to be faithful in all my callings. I love the idea of clarity. I want to know what God wants me to do. I want to, you know, kind of wipe the, the slate clean of anything that's not from him. But I just felt like I had so many things and they were all really God appointed callings and important for me to do. And I was just trying to be faithful in all of them. So I think one of my big life lessons during that time, especially now in hindsight, I really didn't think things were going to get better, um, especially after that long of a time. It was more of a theme of this is my new normal. How do I uh, honor God, honor my responsibilities, almost curtail my giftedness or calling to be faithful? Um, but I, when I look back now, I really see how those were guardrails to keep me in the roles God had for me because the kind of work I'm doing now and the people I get to work with, I never would have, um, one, known what to do with them, two, had access to them, or three, have any sort of um, awareness to be able to get into connection with them. And so um, rather, I think I learned a lot during that time that if there's a challenge or an obstacle, sometimes it's something to be overcome. But if, it, if it's not overcoming, it could also be a guardrail that sort of keeps you on the path God has you. And um, I really did long to be obedient to the Lord. And so keeping my priorities straight and making sure I was honoring and faithful to the right ones, I think is the key of how I sort of got through that. Um, and one of the one of the tools for that, um, which you've asked me about, is this idea of life planning. So, as in the midst of being stretched in so many different directions, I really needed help prioritizing. And like I mentioned earlier, that's not usually a hard thing for me. I don't get stuck on that piece of leadership or life. But I just I couldn't really crack the nut because I was exhausted. I wasn't. Uh, spinning all the plates well like I wanted to. And so uh, having a life plan, which is a two-day process of really gaining perspective on your life, where you've been, where you are, really, um, if it's done with a Christian facilitator, really inviting the Lord into that process to reveal the things he's doing and create an action plan to move forward. Um, I had a 
wonderful godly mentor of mine who I'd known for many years. He was a part of our church. And he walked me through that process. And I think more than anything, I needed someone else uh, speaking into me about these very personal um, challenges, which in leadership in a church, you don't always have the opportunity to share that openly with everyone. Um, So the right environment, the right person, the right timing, and the right process really helped me be able to realign some things. And through the whole time, I mean, my church was amazing. They were super supportive. They allowed me a lot of flexibility that I needed to juggle many things. But even even though they were willing to do anything, I still ended up out of that process really uh, kind of downshifting, taking a demotion that I asked for to really narrow my focus. Um, but even in that process, I was still kind of in crisis. At this point, at the end of that 10-year run, my husband was actually doing better. He was starting to work again, uh, but I could not snap out of it. I was, um, I think even physically, my body did not know how to um, relax or grieve or heal. Um, a lot of that kind of living takes a physical toll on you. Um, I had some grief to catch up on that was starting to pop up in my life. I was really starved for community um, in, uh, in a way that was maybe more healing and a little bit more mourning oriented than doing and accomplishing. So from that, the Lord took me on a very deep journey um, through his word in my quiet time every day and um, just throughout the day, really, uh, and finally culminated in a deep study on the book of Abraham, which was his perfect person for me for this new adventure he was calling me to. But he really just lovingly prepared me for what he had next. And I think the the piece of that for me was uh, very, I had a lot of fear about that because we had been in so many up and down arenas. It was hard for me to give up my full-time job because if my husband crashed again, you know, I didn't, I didn't know if I, what we would do. I um, wasn't sure if my family could navigate that. I, um, but the Lord knew I needed time and some space to uh, really heal in many different ways. And um, some work that I'd done, I think the perspective on guardrails, that everything was happening for a reason. It was keeping me on track, even taking time to sort of heal my body and heal my soul and my heart were parts of the development and the plan God had for me and the work I would do next. And then the insight that I gained from uh, the work on the life plan and kind of uh, working a priority system that I could really rely on, it helped me uh, have clear direction when I did uh, finally take the step to start a business. And it provided a very valuable filter of what to say yes to, what to say no to, and how to really move forward. And so that's what I feel like I'm in the middle of now is just my grand Abraham adventure. I feel like I experiment on different things every day, but uh, it really has been wonderful, I think, because I know the Lord is in it. And it's really uh, his love for me that's moving me forward. It's not me needing to accomplish something. It's really me just following him. I think that's all really brilliant. Um I'm, I'm thinking about the listener who, first of all, most of us will, will probably never know what it means to walk through the season that you walk through. I mean, you just had things coming at you from all sides, it sounds like. And um, I'm just, I'm thinking about our listener who's listening to this and saying, man, that's how I feel right now. Maybe they've gone through something really tragic or something really difficult or something that, um, that has them questioning 
you know, questioning maybe God, questioning, does God really have a purpose for me? I think that's for somebody else that doesn't have all this stuff going on in their life is, you know, why is, why is this happening in my life? And I know that's like a big theological, you know, thing, but just on like a really simple practical level, it's so great that you had somebody to sit with you and do that life plan with you and that you had some skill sets and prioritization and leadership. But for somebody who's like, you know what, I just... I'm going through something and I need to know how to talk to God about this right now. Um, What would you say to them? I think the most practical thing that I did is I spent about three years in scripture only in the Psalms. And it was Mm. so comforting to my heart. And uh, for a few different reasons. First of all, I think just knowing that I could be fully honest with the Lord of where I was at and what I was struggling with. I mean, I had a uh, like an 18 month period where I think I cried every morning on my morning walk around mm-hmm. the lake. I just remember it just being such a long, difficult period in the middle of, of the, the whole season. And just knowing that God was fine with that. I didn't need to um, suck it up. I didn't need to hold my tears back with him. I didn't need, I wasn't complaining. I was, uh, he was like the friend that and comforter that we all really need in those times. And the and the Psalms put to words so many things that I didn't have words for and helped me know that I wasn't alone in this journey. I'm not the first person to go through hard things like that. I'm not even the person to have gone through the hardest things like this. But Jesus is, you know, he we he doesn't we do not have a high priest that can't relate to our difficulties. He knows what this feels like and he's in it with me. And there's no race to get over it. And that was so comforting in the process because it really, I didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel, but I knew if he called me to do this for the rest of my life, I could do it because he was with me in it. That's remarkable. That's really remarkable. So I want to, um, I want to talk a little bit more, just kind of, I know we're jumping around a little bit, but there's so many pieces of your story that I know our listeners will just be so moved and inspired by. But I'd like to jump back to the time where you were working full time. You had been in crisis mode. You had this stuff going on in your personal life. And then you also had this just explosion of growth in the church where you were working. And A lot of people would sort of say, well, this is, you know, this is my lot or this is what success looks like, or I've achieved this pinnacle position. It was a very, you know, very influential position that you had, as you said. Um, And there was really a point where you just felt like, even though this may look like the right position from the outside, on the inside, something doesn't feel right. You're serving God. You're, you're, um, you're in a spot where it would be very easy to say, this is this, this is the space that God has me in, but something didn't quite feel right. Tell us a little bit more about that. I know you talked about that earlier, but let's dive in there a bit. Um, I think for me, it's, uh, really about, um, kind of making sure my life is aligned with my right priorities. And for me, I grew up in a really interesting church background. I'm from the mountains of Montana. The church I went to was in a tiny little town called Lolo, which the name says it all. And uh, there were no full-time staff people there. (laughs) The senior pastor was an electrician um, who was probably bivocational, would be a liberal statement. I think he got a stipend of like $200 for gas. And the whole church ran on volunteers. Mm -hmm. And so I never had this... um, 
view of ministry as like a profession. It was just something every believer was a part of. And so for me, um, whether I worked in the hospital or whether I was at home with my son or whether I was working at a high level in a church, they were all callings for me. And so um, I don't, it didn't feel like, um, and I, I say that because I feel like some people think when you work at a church, it's like a higher calling. Um, I don't know that I resonate with that much. I think obeying the Lord is the highest calling. And so for me, it was more about my calling mm. shifting. It wasn't that anything was wrong at my church. It wasn't that, um, I, I don't even think I was burned out of my job. I just think my life had kind of overwhelmed me. And when you work for other people, you take on the priorities that they have for you. They're paying for your time. That's, that's what your job is. And I think for me, my ability to contribute really wholeheartedly was just being continually um, kind of shifting in kind of down shifting a little bit where I just couldn't bring my full self and I just didn't have the emotional or spiritual energy. The one thing that is different about ministry is that there it's a little bit more like parenting than going to work. It's not really possible to kind of click in and click out because you're carrying people with you. Yeah. And um, so that, that toll, I think I just knew I wasn't, um, maybe up for it, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, in other seasons yeah. of my life, and maybe one day I will be again, but um, at the time, I think the Lord just sort of looked down and took pity on me and said, this poor girl, but I do, so I, because, um, and again, my church was amazing with me, and I really feel like if I had to come to them and said, hey, I want this job, they would have said, awesome, let's make that job for you. So it wasn't that. I think in the process, though, I had lost connection um, with what my real calling was, what I was best at. Because when you're in any sort of crisis mode, you really are just doing what needs to be done at the moment. And so I would, and that's the right mm -hmm. thing to do. You know, when your family needs you, you don't say, I'm sorry, I don't do windows. You say, great, give me the bucket of water. I'll figure out how to do it. <laughs> and uh, many parts of my life, including yeah. high level leadership in a fast growing church, you do what needs to get done. And that's always been a piece of my work ethic. Um, but it wasn't serving me well anymore. And we, the church we were in is a high, um, we're high intensity, we're high levels of excellence. And so when something needs to get done, we all get out of our chair and do it. And that's pretty much like every day. And I just was, I had lost my ability to kind of get it out any longer. And so um, I think the piece for me was more about replenishment and rest and healing um, and reconnecting with if I could go to them and say, this is the job I want, I actually would know what that was. I talk now about um, kind of this great ability to see that I was leading and developing people around me. But in the midst of it, I think that had become all really foggy. And I'm like, I think I want to just go to Starbucks and make lattes. Surely I can do that well. <laughs> you get free coffee, right? That sounds awesome. <laughs> I love what you said about uh, ministry is not a higher calling. It's just something that we all do. I think that's, I think that's really profound. Um, so what I'd like to do now is I'd like to, I'd like to kind of shift gears a little bit. As you said that you do this life plan process with people and at the, towards the end of the show, um, we're going to talk about where people can find you online if they want to know more about that. Um, but let's say that there's somebody who is in a role right now where they are maybe feeling what I, I like to call it a holy discontent, right? I think that there's times when we're called to grow that it just feels uncomfortable where we are and, and we've got to figure out, 
you know, sort of what that next step is, or maybe somebody who's going through a really hard time and they don't feel like there's anything, um, you know, there's too many obstacles instead of opportunities and, um, they're working through that. So let's kind of, let's kind of talk about if somebody finds themselves in a situation like that, and I know those are very different. What are, what are some questions that you would encourage them to ask about themselves or their situation um, in order to help them work out yeah, what that next step might be. Yeah, there's a in life planning that I find so helpful. Um, and it's a great four questions to ask yourself anytime you're trying to make a decision or anytime you just feel like something's wrong or you're overtired or you're ready to quit. Um, it's called the four helpful lists. And the first question is, what is going mm. right? So when I take a look at it, of course, we always want to start with the positive, but what's going right? Because when you're feeling like that, sometimes it feels like nothing's going right, but there always is. Um, The second one is what's wrong. So what's right? The second one is what's wrong. The third is what is confused. And the fourth is what is missing. So it's what's right, what's wrong, what's confused, and what's missing. And when we try to create some categories around the things that are troubling us, it helps us know what our action steps need to be. So if something is on the right list, then you need to keep it. You don't change anything. So if your marriage is under the right category, there's no reason to start marriage counseling, even though something may have come up in the last two days. If overall it's right, then keep it going. Um, If something's in the wrong category, then something needs to change. If you actually declare it as wrong, you have to fix something about it. If it's confused, which can sometimes feel wrong, but if it's actually just confused, then you have to do some process to clarify conversations, journaling, prayer, uh, read up on the topic, see if you can get some clarity around it um, and some wisdom will shed light on what to do. And then the fourth one is what's missing. So sometimes uh, when I work, especially with leaders or uh, especially entrepreneurs, oftentimes what's missing is community and Sabbath. And so if you're feeling burnt out, if you could take a day off and hang out with some friends, it's amazing how much different you can feel in a week. I think those are great. I think they're really practical. Any of our listeners can sit down with those. And I'm, I'm sure we have listeners who are mentally making that list already. Um, and so I think that's great. One of the, one of the, a couple of things that I often hear when I'm talking to people who are uh, maybe know what their calling is or um, knowing what their purpose is or knowing that there's something that they want to change is a couple things I hear. One is people say, um, I'm waiting on a word from God before I act. Um, and another version of that is I want God to confirm that that's the direction that I should go in, because if I hear his word, then I just, I, you know, I don't want to go anywhere that, that God isn't. And I think one of the frustrations that I often have is um, just helping people to understand that God is everywhere. His blessings are not on one direction and another one versus another one. Um, and so I was just wondering if you hear that with people that you work with, what would you say to somebody? Um, obviously, we always want to wait on God. That's that's biblical. But I think sometimes we can end up, you know, to your point, overcorrecting in such a way that we're spiritualizing what is actually maybe fear or doubt or something that's not of God in the first place. So I'm just curious about your thoughts on that. 
Yeah, Don, I really agree with that. I think that's a common uh, thing. I think it's something I've struggled with too as an activator person, a leader. I want to go and do. And I think there's a difference between waiting, wanting God to step in and rescue you, and having self-control on the actions I'm taking. And that's much harder to do. <laughs> and so that position of surrender, but surrender is active. It's not dormant. It's not lazy. It's not still. Surrender is an active servanthood. Um, and so I think for me, one of the things that's helped, well, my mom used to always say, you know, God doesn't steer a parked car. And I'm always asking myself, am I parked or am I driving and he's steering or I'm at a stoplight and it's just temporary? I'm trying to kind of play with that of figuring out uh, what exactly is the Lord telling me. And then um, if he hasn't told me something new, then I'm going off what I heard last, but I'm still going, I'm still moving forward because God is humongous. And the search is part of the the beauty of our relationship with him. In fact, one of my favorite verses, which I'm going to insert now so that I can have more than one in your podcast, uh, is Proverbs 25.2. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search out a matter is the glory of kings. I always share this when I start off a life plan because sometimes when we when there's a mystery involved in hearing God's will, we think that something's wrong. And sometimes there is. Like you do have to go through the basic checklist. Is there sin in my life? Is there, am I offended by someone? Is there a relationship I need to heal? Like you have to go through those because those will disconnect you from hearing from the Lord. But if all those things are good and you're not sure what to do, then he's got a mystery. It's kind of like if you think about a little girl playing hide and seek with her dad. Like that's supposed to be a beautiful, wonderful relationship building experience where he's hiding and I'm searching for him and I find him and it's delightful and then he hides again and then I search for him and it's wonderful and our relationship grows. And that's one of the ways that God builds our relationship with him is through the hide and seek of his will, not hiding it from us mysteriously, but hiding it from us so that he, we get to know him better, so that we see him in this part of the world, so we hear his voice from this person that we wouldn't normally talk to, so that we read and look into this topic that we normally wouldn't have looked at, but we wonder if he's in there for us. We get to experience the bigness of him and the bigness of his love for us and the bigness of his calling for us when we're not afraid to search it out. He is there and he is going to give you clues because he wants you to find him. So I think that's really great. I'm wondering, as you work with people who really have a passion to follow God, to say yes to the things that God is calling them to, what are some of the common things that keep them from saying yes or keep them from moving forward? Yeah, that's a great question. I think the three most common that I see, and I have experienced all of these, the first one is this idea of confusion, that I don't uh, have clear enough what I need to be doing next. And I don't think it's that we need to know the next five years or the next 20 years. I think there's a loose vision out there that's on your heart or that God calls us to in his word that we can count on. Like I should still be honest. I should hopefully still be married if my husband's alive, you know, things like that. Um, but there's sort of the short term, like if I don't know what to do this week and next week, then I'm in a state of confusion and that's really not from the Lord. So getting clarity around what I'm supposed to be about and the priorities at which I'm supposed to attack those things. Uh, that's the first part. I think the second one is fear, which I know um, we've even mentioned earlier today, but is a theme for leaders and definitely a theme for entrepreneurs. For me, the opposite of fear is about moving forward. I think that action 
at least for me and for most leaders, is the antidote to fear. It's getting off the couch. It's getting out of the spiraling thought life. It's, it's breaking the cycle that takes us down with fear. One of my favorite quotes from President Roosevelt is, courage is not the absence of fear, but the assessment that something is more important than fear. And you can only really do that if you have the first thing. If you have clarity around your vision and purpose, that's more important than the fear that I feel. And my God, who's called me to that, is bigger than the obstacles I'm afraid of. And so those two things work together. And then the third one um, is I lovingly titled laziness, <laughs> which could be something as you know harsh as disobedient or <laughs> anything else. But for me, it's this laziness, avoidance, maybe disobedient piece um, where I just don't want to. I just, I want to do this, or I don't want to do that today, or I just, you know, I've got this thing hanging on me. And for me, the antidote to that is love. It's God's love for us, God's love for me. It's our love for ourselves, because many times the things I don't want to do are actually beneficial mostly to me. Like, I don't want to get up and make a good healthy dinner. I want to eat this pint of ice cream instead. Like that's actually love for me because of God's right. It's love for myself because of God's love for me. And then the third part is love for the people he's calling us to help. Every godly calling has a person on the other end of it because God is about people. And if I can keep that person at the forefront, they're yeah. way more important to me than, than overcoming my laziness or um, wanting to just like do whatever I want and be, have a little mini rebellion. I'm not talking about rest or Sabbath or those, you know, replenishing healthy things. I'm talking about just that grinding kind of irritating feeling that we get when we don't want to do something. So uh, confusion and then the antidote is clarity, fear, the antidote is moving forward and laziness. The antidote is to focus on love. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Well, Katie, um, Again, I, I say this every episode, but it's always true. And especially today, I feel like we could talk for hours and hours about this. Um, your, the wisdom that you've brought our listeners today, I know, is going to be really practical, encouraging, inspiring, and is really going to help people start to take action in areas of their life where maybe they've been feeling stuck. So I really want to thank you for um, thank you for sharing that with us. But it is time to wrap up. And as always, we like to end our podcast with uh, what we call the final five, five questions designed to resource our listeners. So starting with other than the Bible, what's one book that changed your life and why? Well, this is a hard question because I love reading, but I would say um, the book Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. That came out in like the, I think, 1989. I read it soon thereafter, and it really changed my whole perspective on stewarding my life. Uh, leadership, how to make priorities. I still do a devotional from him that I read every morning because it just resets uh, my perspective and it's very biblically based. So I find a lot of alignment in that. So that is definitely the second book for me other than the Bible. That's great. That is a great book. And we will include links um, to that in our show notes. Uh, tell me one podcast you're listening to now. I really love the podcast Read to Lead, Read to Lead. Um, they interview authors of different books. And for me, because I do love to read, but I have limited time, it kind of gives me the full gist of the book. Plus, I'm an author, so I love the story behind the book and hearing you know, an author's personal journey. Um, and then it also makes me much more efficient in knowing which books I want to read more of or which ones do I kind of have the gist of. Yeah, that's great. And what is uh, your favorite Bible verse and why? 
So um, I have many favorite Bible verses, but I think the one to share today is Matthew 28, 11, 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And the Amplified says, Come to me, all you who are weary and overburdened, those of you who have taken on more than I asked you to take on. Um, and I love that because I think when I wow. end up sitting down and redoing my own four helpful list questions or I'm overwhelmed and I'm trying to figure out why, it's because I've taken on more than God has asked me to take on. And so my new measurement for myself, this has been since I um, started this new way of living and new business, is um, is my life and leadership easy and light, light and easy. And so um, if I'm not living light and easy, then I've taken on more than he's asked me to take on and I need to go back and learn from him in deeper ways. I feel like we could do a whole <laughs> podcast episode just on that one topic. That's brilliant. Tell me the best business advice you ever received. It is to bill like a boy. <laughs> and I got it from Sheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In. Um, and I think uh, because I have done a lot of leadership in the church, um, which has a different take on women, um, and because I'm new to business, I've been strictly a nonprofit in education, hospitals, and churches, it, the, the billing issue has been a challenging one for me, and rates, and following up, and you know, um, coming on to customers who haven't paid, things like that. And so Bill Like a Boy for me is more, I kind of envision this like really intense 50-year-old business guy with his suit and he's a millionaire. And I'm like, what would he charge? Would he follow up on this? And I'm like, it's always yes. And so that's my new little avatar that I'm working on in my business mindset. <laughs> That's genius. I feel like, again, every single one of these could be a whole podcast episode because the whole thing about billing and women in particular and worthiness and all yep, of that a lot is, of layers there, um, that's for sure. is a whole other thing. Yeah. But I like that. I, I like that a lot. What advice would you give to somebody right now who maybe is feeling, um, feeling stuck, feeling like they have obstacles um, that they need to overcome to step into their own calling? What advice would you give to them? I would say uh, keep your heart set on being faithful and take the time you need to take care of yourself, but keep pressing forward. Keep investigating. Keep playing hide and seek. Keep going down those random uh, you know, uh, alleyways that seem like they don't head anywhere because all of those things God sees. He sees every effort you do. And even though it may not, in your mind, directly affect the outcome later, in God's mind, they directly affect the outcome. And so he uses all of those things, puts them all together and uh, really makes a way for you. So just be faithful, take care of yourself and keep pressing forward. That's great. That's great. And tell me, where can people find you online? Sure. I have a website, katiecole.com. That's K-A-D-I-C-O-L-E.com. And there's a little bio there and we've got information about life plans and coaching and all that kind of stuff if anyone's interested. Awesome. And then one last thing, if you wouldn't mind just saying a prayer over our listeners. And again, to those people specifically who are feeling stuck or feeling like they're in a in an area and they know they need to pivot and they just uh, need some encouragement, would you mind praying over them? I would love to. Thank you. Father God, thank you so much for this time together. Thank you for the beauty of community and of sharing our stories and learning from one another. I thank you so much for these listeners, people who are hungry to follow after you, to fulfill the calling that you've given them, that have potential that they know 
is in there from you that is yet to be realized. Lord, I pray that you would encourage their hearts. I pray that you would open up amazing doors of opportunity. I pray that you would strengthen them, help them to overcome fear, God, but give them a vision for the future and the hope that you have for them. I pray that if they feel weary or burdened, Lord, that you would reveal to them where they've taken on more than you have asked them to take on. I pray that you would give them rest. I pray that you would make their yoke easy and their burden light, that they might shine like stars in the wilderness on your behalf. And God, that the people that they serve would know you better, understand who you are, and feel your love through their work. So we thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Katie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Don, so much. I'd like to thank my guest, Katie Cole, for joining me today. Just a reminder that you can access the show notes for today's episode, including where to find Katie online at donsadler.com slash 017. If you'd like to hear more conversations with Christians who are finding purpose, redefining work, and changing their world, subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. If you have a testimony or story to share about how this podcast has helped you pursue your own calling, or if you have a question or feedback about the show, email me at hello at donsadler.com. I'd love to hear from you. This show is brought to you by the Bold Visions Brave Warriors Coaching System, helping Christians create vision, commit to action, and conquer their goals to achieve their God-given calling. Learn more at Bold Visions Brave Warriors. This has been the Your Purpose is Calling podcast. I'm your host, Don Sadler. Thanks for listening.